The Bengals look to avoid a 0-3 start tonight against the Rams. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports zone by Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer. In there. Hello, Charlie. Are you there, Charlie? Hello. No, no, Charlie. Okay. All right, we'll try to re-hook up with Charlie. We had him on hold there at one point, so hopefully we'll try to be able to pull this off with Charlie and uh, not get the ringtone thing or whatever that is, the busy signal, I guess that is. I don't you know, I'm old enough that I remember a busy signal from back in the day before cell phones and actually had real phones and so forth, even though I'm sure that most people think that cell phones are real phones. All right, we'll get to the Bengals here in a second. Okay, the second is right now. Charlie Goldsmith joins us from the Cincinnati Enquirer. And, Charlie, good to have you on the show once again. We appreciate it. Uh, let's start uh, with, obviously, the top story here. Uh, what do we know about Joe Burrow's status for tonight? Joe Burrow's been pushing the play. The hope was that the extra day with the long week gave him some extra time to get some workouts and also some rest and recovery with the schedule that they've been going through. I don't have an answer yet. I know the Bengals need him. I know the Bengals need the game. But it's also a thing they don't want to risk the long-term future of the season uh, just to win one game. So that's been a tough calculus they've been working through. Okay, so you know, if Jake Browning is a starting quarterback, you know what might he bring to the table and how obviously uh, might that change the offensive approach? So they like Browning. Uh, they brought Browning for a reason. But Browning had a very poor preseason and a very up-and-down training camp. You very much have to limit the playbook. If he's in, he's been turnover-prone. He doesn't have a big arm. He will give you a scrambling element that Burrow hasn't been giving the Bengals since he's been hurt, since he's been limited. Um, from what we saw in camp, he loves throwing. Browning does um, out to Jamar and T, slants to Jamar and T, and uh, back shoulder balls down the sideline. Doesn't test the middle of the field as much between the safeties. Um, they'll probably have to lean on the run game a bunch as well, but it'll be Browning's first start if he gets the opportunity, and that'll have a lot of unknowns that come with it. Okay. The offensive line, you know, we've been talking to it for a couple years here, off and on over the you know, situation. Yeah, they thought they got better last year. They did get a little bit better last year in some areas. Uh, hasn't worked out particularly well, at least from afar. That's me being from afar. Uh, the first couple of weeks, how would you evaluate this offensive line situation? I think the offensive line has been really good. I think that the reason they lost to the Browns was because Burrow couldn't grip the ball. And, you know, with him being limited, his throws down the field weren't anywhere near the level we're used to seeing. Um, and then in week two, what you saw was a Burrow who wasn't as comfortable moving around the pocket, a Ravens defense that did a good job taking away explosives. Um, overall, I think the line's done their job. I put more of the Bengals' struggles on Burrow than the line. Again, I think this is by far the best line that Burrow has played with. Part of the the, the, the crazy thing about the 0-2 season is the reason they are 0-2 is because one of the best players in the NFL is just looking average because he's limited, and that's something the Bengals need to change when they get Burrow back. So might we see more or at least an attempt to you know, run the ball or can, can, are they able to run the ball with, with success tonight against the Rams? I don't know. They don't know because we haven't seen them practice it. They have built this entire offense around Burrow specifically uh, because it's Burrow's preference and Burrow's strength. They almost exclusively line up in shotgun. I saw them attempt 
you know, a couple handfuls full of pure under center runs, even during practice during the summer. They're not a team that's built to be a ground and pound up the middle. They signed linemen for their pass protection and their ability to play in a shotgun run scheme, not to play like, you know, uh, you know the Cleveland Browns with Nick Chubb when he was healthy or a team like that. Uh, that's not what the Bengals assembled this offense to do. So it'll be a big challenge um, if they need to really lean on their run game because it's not something they've done a lot of. Okay, that run game, obviously, Joe Mixon's uh, the lead running back. How would you evaluate his, you know, not just this year, but really the last couple of years, how would you evaluate him as a running back? He's had to evolve because the Bengals have evolved. In Zach Taylor's first year, they were this under-center running team. Um, Mixon led the AFC in rushing that year, but they were the worst team in football and drafted Joe Burrow. And since then, everything has evolved around Burrow. Again, the shotgun run game as well. Probably not Mixon's favorite. He probably prefers kind of an old-school running back kind of role. Uh, but when you have Joe and Jamar and T and Tyler Boyd, that's not the world you live in. I think Mixon's first two games this year were, you know, when you if you compare those to his games last year, they would have been two of his best games last year. He's looked powerful. He's made guys miss. He's run through tackles. He's averaging over, I think, like 4.4 yards per carry. But again, they're not the type of team that's been giving Mixon 25 carries, one, because they've been falling behind, and two, because they need to lean on Burrow anyway. So again, what Mixon in a run-first offense would look like is a mystery to everyone. Talking Bengals with Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Of course, the Bengals play tonight, one of the two Monday night games, and uh, tonight at home against uh, the uh, against the Los Angeles Rams. All right, let's uh, go to the defensive side of the ball. How would you evaluate the defense through the first two games? Not good enough. Uh, the the game they played against the Ravens would have stacked up basically worse than any game they played last year. Definitely worse than any game they played last year when they were at full strength. When the Bengals have had their number one corner, Toby Wuje, and their really star nose tackle, DJ Reader, the defense has historically been a top five unit in football. And then the Ravens ran all over the Bengals with a backup line and backup running back. And uh, Lamar Jackson played incredibly last week and had some big completions over the middle. I think specifically you're looking at the back seven. There were some plays where the linebackers were out of position. Some plays the safeties were too quick to recover in. Also, the pass rush didn't win enough double teams, uh, specifically Trey Hendrickson against the backup left tackle he was going up against last week. So not good enough for a unit that had the expectation and the goal to be one of the best defenses in football this year. How do you think they match up against Matthew Stafford, who's actually, you know, his arm strength has been very impressive in the first two games? Well, that's the thing. Matthew Stafford is the kind of defense to where like they had Jesse Bates and Von Bell, the veteran, savvy, smart, um, one-step-ahead safety tandem. They matched up perfectly against a guy like Matthew Stafford who makes late decisions and is incredibly aggressive over the middle. This is going to be the biggest test that the Bengals' new safety duo, Dax Hill and Nick Scott, have faced. Um, again, we haven't seen them face a quarterback like this, one of the, the big new areas of this team. And... I think they match up well wide receiver or corners on wide receivers are like the cornerback group in this matchup. But what can Matthew Stafford do over the middle against the Bengals back seven that has moving pieces that are still jealous? Yeah, I was gonna ask you specifically about you know the absence of Bates and Bell. Uh you know, obviously those are two really good safeties. You got into that a little bit, but 
you know, how would you rate uh, the replacements basically at the safety position through two games? I actually think Dax Hill, their first round pick in 2022, has played really well. Nice pass breakup on Mark Andrews, been in position in deep coverage down the field. I like him as a blitzer, probably some room to grow as a run defender. Uh, and Nick Scott, definitely some room to grow as a run defender. He's given up some completions over the middle of the field. His instincts just not quite as 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 they're putting him in position. I'm imagining a second and 23 ball to Mark Andrews over the middle last week in Baltimore that kind of got completed right in front of him. Um, they it's a faster group. They the goal and the plan was that they'd be more versatile and create more turnovers. But uh, Jesse and Vaughn weren't really Jesse and Vaughn until the middle of the 2021 season. Uh, kind of, will that be 20 games into their working together? And Nick Scott and Dax Hill are three games, two games into working together, and tonight will be number three. Okay, Lou uh, Rumo, uh, I would assume uh, that he's got some kind of you know scheme or thought process worked uh, to go against what's not uh, considered to be a really strong Rams offensive line. Yeah, um, if the Bengals had won the Super Bowl, I think it would have been a legendary game plan that Rumo came up with against the Rams' run game. Probably the best individual run game defense I've seen with what he did against the Rams in 2021. Similar scheme, similar personnel, same front four. They know what they're doing in that area. Uh, like you mentioned, a big question on the Rams' offensive line. This is going to be the type of game where a guy like Trey Hendrickson, a two-time Pro Bowler, has to make a bigger impact than he's made in the first two games this season, just winning one-on-one matchups and beating double teams. Previewing tonight's Bengals and Rams game with uh, Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Uh, when you have a quarterback situation or if you have a key player out, oftentimes you know, some good special teams play can you know, kind of sway things, sway things a little bit back towards your direction. Uh, are the Bengals capable of doing that tonight? So after the 2021 season, the special teams coordinator said he felt like something the Bengals needed was a punt returner who put the fear of God in the other team. And then heading into 2022, they didn't get it. They just had this backup slot receiver, your, your prototypical catch-the-ball, hand-it-back-to-the-referee type of punt returner. Well, then this year they drafted the kid out of Purdue, Charlie Jones, electric breakaway speed. He returned a punt for a touchdown against the Ravens. He's athletic with the ball in his hands. He makes great cuts. He's been making kind of some good adjustments with the way he leaves the field in those situations. So he does give them that element that they really didn't have before. Uh, as far as the fan base, uh, how the you know expectations were high. So obviously there's the Burrow injury, but how are they handling the zero and two start in Cincinnati? I think they're way more concerned about the cast. The Bengals this year is all about winning the Super Bowl, and the the idea originally was that they'd run through their regular season schedule and take the one seed. Obviously, when you're zero and two, it's very very difficult to take that spot. I think everyone now kind of the vibe is. The Bengals are a team that's good enough to sneak into the playoffs and beat anyone, anywhere. So uh, the vibe overall is the, the perspective and the stakes and the urgency of the regular season have changed because of the games they've lost. Um, but overall, it, it's just you know from the fan base, concern about Burrow and whether or not physically he's the quarterback right now that they need him to be. How difficult might it be or might uh, difficult uh... – 
uh, you know, the, the, the improved division, uh, that, uh, how, how much more difficult is that uh, uphill climb because of that uh, you know, group of four teams now in the uh, AFC North? So, having watched every game Burroughs played, I think the three defenses in the entire NFL that give them the most trouble are the Steelers, the Browns, and the Ravens. Um, they make yes. things hard. Like T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Baltimore has the way they weaponize their linebackers. Uh, the Steelers have really aggressive defensive backs. Uh, the Ravens kind of limit you over the top and prevent the Bengals from beating them deep. They've all figured, not figured some stuff out, but they've done stuff consistently that's worked pretty well against the Bengals. This year, part of the big story of the year is the Bengals adjusting back. They went 3-3 three and three in the division last year. Obviously, they're off to an 0-2 start this year. Uh, they have to do better in those matchups in their division games. Going back specifically to tonight, what are a couple other keys for a uh, you know, game against the Rams this evening? Um, you know, overall, just kind of a kind of a cliche, uh, but they've fallen behind so you know by double by double digits so early in these games, and they've had to get away from the style they originally anticipated themselves playing um, in a game where you probably should rely more on your running game. I think that creates even more urgency to. Uh, Make sure you don't have to make that type of shift with your game plan. Okay, not to you know, be redundant here, but you, know, you mentioned this, the, the style that they originally kind of want to play a game out. What, what is the kind of the perfect offensive blueprint for the Bengals, at least? Let's assume that Burrow doesn't play tonight. What would you expect to be the blueprint to try to get a victory here? Well, these Rams corners are very, very unknown and unproven and there is no situation whatsoever where no matter who's throwing the ball, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase shouldn't win one-on-one matchups. So looking at Browning's strength, operating the offense, um, back shoulder balls on the sidelines, out, uh, slant over the middle of screen, find the way to get the ball in these guys' hands quickly, probably add in some play action where you have Browning roll out and like give Chase and Higgins time to get open. Those kind of plays can still work for the Bengals. They still worked in camp when Browning was their quarterback and Burrow was out. So that'll probably be the formula today if he starts. Okay, fully understanding the uh, you know, the Burrow uncertainty here, and there's, even if he plays, there's no guarantee. Unfortunately, he's going to make it through the game. Uh, so, do you expect the the Bengals to win the game tonight? I think they're not the team that they've looked like over the first two weeks of the season defensively. I think the receivers match up really well against the Rams' corners. For that reason, I see the Bengals being able to do enough and pull out a 17-16 win. Charlie, good stuff as always. I appreciate it. Thanks. I know that uh, I'm sure you're in hot demand with the the Burrow injury and so forth. Thanks for making time for us. Thank you. Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer. Excellent stuff there as always.